Welcome to our new series, Le'ili Nishmas Ornabas Chaim, and this series is called What's Really Going to Happen This Shabbos? Um, the Rebbe's View of the Week, and it's based on the Dvar Malchus, a short synopsis of the Dvar Malchus. So what does that mean, what's really going to happen this Shabbos? I mean, whatever is going to happen. The question is, how, how do we determine what really, what really happens on Shabbos. Uh, is it what happens in the world, or is it what happens in Tyra? So, of course, we know the answer because we've been trained to say it. But I, I want to go back for one minute to the year, I think it was Rosh Chaydesh, Elul, Hafshin Yud, Hafshin Yud Aleph, the very first Elul of the Rebbe's Messiah. And in that Elul, Shabbos Mevarchim Elul, the Rebbe spoke about the idea that there are two ways of looking at the world. One is Taira B'Pshitas, Eilam B'Shachas, Taira is the real reality. And the other one is Eilam B'Pshitas, Taira B'Shachas. When you look at the world, you say, this is reality. And I tack on some nice little lessons from Taira, but the world is reality. Or... Do you say, Tyra is reality, and then I look down at the world, and I see it reflected in the world. So, when we think what's really going to happen this Shabbos, what's really going to happen is the Parsha will come to life. Parsha will come to life. And so, we're waiting to see. First, we, we learn the Parsha, a little bit of it. And then we wait to see what happens the rest of the week. So why Thursday night? Why compare it? Because we're jumping into Shabbos, and obviously something's going to happen happen in a world that never happened before. That is exactly what the doctor ordered for the world. Got to be. So, and everything that, that's been going on this week, all the compilation of all the, oh, we know what's been going on this week. I give out. As we said, the beginning of the first, the 10 days of Darshish, Aigavalt has been going on this week. So imagine it all amassed together. Hashem looks at all of that. He created it anyway. And he gathers it together with laser vision of seeing the Kedusha, the light in all of it, and takes that whole thing, you know, makes it into one tight little ball, one tight little seed, puts it, you know, superimposes it on this Shabbos, and boom, it kind of opens up in a flower on Shabbos, and who knows what's going to happen in the world. <clears throat> so that's the purpose of this series. So in in the Dvar Malchus of this week, it's called Va'era. Va'era means I appeared. I appeared to. Somebody got to see me. Whose name? Hashem. Who got to see me? Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. Why did they get to uh, see me? Because I appeared. Well, if you show up, you might be seen, you might not be seen. But it's all based on this energy of I appeared. And we really want to ask ourselves, in this, this whole moment in history that we're in, which is so crazy, how at this moment does a sudden, Hashem suddenly appear? Last week was Shemais. Last week the focus was on us going down into Gullis with Geula names. 
And our name leaked, it was like WikiLeaks. It leaked out all the info. You know what it is? I forget the, the expression, but, uh, you know, declassified information. Things that were secret, secrets and secrets for, for generations, for decades. And then they do WikiLeaks and they leak it all out and they declassify it. And anybody can read it. That's what's happening now in the world, faster than the speed of light. And we can assume why it's happening. I think that those who, about whom the information is about are not anything thrilled that it's leaking out. But why is it happening? Basi Lagani. Hashem talks about the treasures that were always hidden being leaked out, being given out willingly by the king. So last week, the secret was, Shmeis, we're going down into Galus. But we held on to those Geula names because it was really the beginning of Geula. The era is something about Hashem appearing. Hashem appearing. Well, if anything, this week's seven makkas happened. If I were to give it a name, you know, okay, hey guys, what's the one word name of the Parsha? I would say, however you say in Hebrew, and he, and I disappeared. The Starkey or something like that. Not, and I appeared. I disappeared. Hashem, where were you? Didn't look too good. Water, blood, frogs, this, that. <coughs> be called I disappeared. This is Hashem's way of appearing. He goes in, in this case, what did he do this week? He went into nature and, he, and as we said, it broke from the inside out. And as he really, you know, fully embedded himself in nature, maybe you could even say, I'm not sure. But as soon as Hashem really went in there, it just um it began to heave and vomit, sorry to say. When so much, you know, there's, sorry, there's, there's a famous little story about a film guy who was in an energy healing class and they brought different speakers and one day they brought a witch, his mazel, and, and she would never look at him and he, he wanted to challenge her but she would never look at him. He complained to the teacher and the teacher went to her and said she has to answer his questions. He wanted to challenge her, and she couldn't do it. And finally, she had to look, him, look at him when he raised his hand to ask a question. And as soon as she did, it was a, a yid that she had to look at. As soon as the witch looked at him, she began to vomit, and then she fainted, and they had to take her out. So we can understand, kind of a weird story to tell in a Parsha class, we can understand when Kripa confronts Kedusha, and Kedusha, in its full force, it will start to heave, vomit, expel, convulse, uh, break open, everything. Go crazy. It will start to go, go crazy. So this seems to be what's happening in this week's Parsha. Hashem appears and the whole nature goes crazy and it breaks apart. Because it was always corrupt. We're talking about a world, and we're dealing with that now. That was always corrupt. But somehow, Hashem put his finger on, he sends Maishu Rabbeinu, and the Maishu Rabbeinu of this generation, 
to put his finger on this world and boom, it 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 it, it goes crazy. It goes crazy. You could say that because the era is connected to Yudshvat, that is, so to speak, the Nasya Dar putting his finger to this Parsha, to the world, and the world can't take so much holiness, and boom, it breaks. Is it good that it breaks? Yeah. It has to break so that it can restructure and form, be formed into a world that's able to tolerate truth. So, in the, in the Sikha, the Rebbe speaks about three parshias and three periods in the life of the Fidik Rebbe. The three parshias connected to this a whole union of Gullus and Gaulus Mitzrayim are Shmeis, Vaera, and Bayer. Shmeis is about going down into slavery. Vaera is about receiving the Taira. Hashem says, I appear to Avram Yitzchach and Yaakov, Bekel Shakai, and only at Matan Taira I appear to all of you with the name Yudkevavke. So Vaera I'm coming to you. I'm revealing to you. I'm giving you my Torah. It's not the parsha about when we're given the Torah, but it's, it's concerning the idea that Hashem first puts us into slavery, and then He reveals Himself to us, and then He opens up for us the light of Mashiach. Parsha's bite. Shmois slavery, but Eira He appears to us, and it leads to Matan Torah and Parsha's bite. The revelation of the highest light, Gula. <clears throat> so we could say that we're going through the same thing now. We've never experienced in America slavery like this. Never. This is very, this is highly un-American conduct. This way of, that things are going, the censorship. We used to see when we were kids. This ad that said, support Radio Free Europe. And it would always, I don't know, I was so young, I didn't understand it, but it was always some man listening to a radio, and somebody comes with a big axe and goes, bang! And, you know, it was so frightening, I thought he was going to chop off his hand. And they said, support Radio Free Europe behind the Iron Curtain. Wow. Days of Khrushchev. So scary. Slavery. We knew over there. They have slavery like Mitzrayim. Not in America. The land of the free. All of a sudden, we get to, a, in, we get to experience going down into Mitzrayim. The land of, you know, America. Starts off good. And one day, it, turn, it, it turns into a place of slavery. Wow, we didn't see it coming. That's where we're up to now. What's step two going to be? Step two is Hashem appears to us. And he very directly gives us the next step in Taira. And step two, that's, that's the era. And Tarshan is Mashiach. The light of Mashiach, the revelation of the highest light. 
And Hashem says, I'm going with you. You never need to be afraid again, precious bud. Because where, whenever you go to places that are too intense for you, whether they're spiritually dark or spiritually light, either way they're going to be too intense, I will go with you. You are not alone. You will never be alone. So these are the three parshas, and they're paralleled by the three periods in the Fridic Rebbe's life. Because the Fridic Rebbe is the Balarula of Yud Shvat, that all of this is centered around. And his three periods, three periods of his life were 40 years, 1880, tough, toughish men to tough and pay, 1880 to 1920. What happened then? A revolution. The creation of David and Melech's army. The creation of Hashem's army. Those are all the Tamimim. The students of Tamchei Tamimim are those who are there to take everybody out of slavery. They're the soldiers. That was the, that was the first period in the Friedrich Rebbe's life. Second period in the Friedrich Rebbe's life was 1920 to 1950, when he was Rebbe, Tafshin Pei to Tafshin Yud, when he was Rebbe. And he was involved in teaching, 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 guiding, bringing, bringing the light of Taira to the Yidden. And then, from and then, begin the the moment of the Stalkus of the Fidig Rebbe, the third period in his life, continuing into forever. It's called the seventh generation. It's the continuation of the life of the Fidig Rebbe in a way that after he he leaves, he physically leaves the world. This is the third phase of his life. Notice how the Rebbe refers to life. When he's in this world, and after he's out of this world, just different forms of life. And what is that from 1950 into forever all about? Parshas Bay, Bayoparo. We're going to Mashiach Titan. Going to Mashiach Titan. And one other thing, one other parallel, and then we'll pull it all together. One other idea is that the 30 years of the Rebbe's Messias, the Fedic Rebbe's Messias, Ten years in Russia, that was like being in Mitzrayim. KGB, intense slavery. Just like no Jew, no slave was ever able to escape from Egypt. In communist Russia, 1920, no person was ever able to escape from the clutches of the KGB and the NKVD. No one. And somehow, well, the Friedrich Rebbe did not escape. No yet escaped. They sent him out. So by the way, that means this deep enslavement, the slave master, the taskmaster who enslaved you, you can't get away from him. He has to decide through your avida as a result of your very sincere avida, that he wants you out. He sends you out. It's like Paro said in the end, Jews, get out of here. Go, 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 go. Read it. And we said, well, no, we're not running away like little frightened mice. 
You want us to go? We'll walk out with dignity. Same thing. The Friedrich Rebbe was told by the same KGB, NKVD, go. Go quickly. He said, no, no, no. I'll take what's far as I can. I'll take my family. I'll go. So that's the slavery part. And that's telling us now we're, we feel like, oh my goodness, it's getting, you know, the censorship and the craziness in America. We'll have to run for our lives. There's no place to run. Oh, let's all move to Israel. That'll really do the trick. <laughs> yeah, not quite at this moment. There's no place to run to. Sit back, do our Avaida, and let's watch all the bad guys come begging us to help them become good guys. By Tyra. Looks like it. And to end off, the second phase, the second 10 years of the Friedrich's life was in Poland, teaching Tyra, teaching, 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 teaching Chabad Hasidim to Chagas Hasidim, spreading wherever he could. The third, but, but basically teaching Torah to students of Torah. And then the third part of the Friedrich's life from the, the 40s, all the 40s until 1950, Yitzhak Tashin was coming to a wasteland where a handful of people were learning Tyra and coming supposedly broken in body but whole in spirit and saying, oh yeah, yeah, we're going to make this into an absolute garden of Tyra. Everyone rolled their eyes and the Friedrich Rebbe said, you know what he said, America's not different. And taking a barren wasteland where nothing could grow and making it into a garden, Basiladani. <clears throat> so Yehi Ratan, we'll end here. Yehi Ratan, that the real Ve'ewa Hashem appearing to us and taking us to, by, to the Guru Mithisashlema should be right now. Let's share now, I'm going to end the recording and, um, Let's share some thoughts about Orna if we can. This is the image of Orna Bakrayim. And, and let us find ourselves in the Beit Mizish immediately now.